Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Yo, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode. If you noticed from the title, this is going to be probably a little bit different podcast than I've traditionally done in the past. And right off the bat, this is a solo podcast. I don't know if it will stay that way as I continue with these, or if I might have a guest from time to time, but this came to me on a whim, uh, like a lot of the stuff that I do, as I was driving uh, this last weekend for a work deal. And basically, the idea that I had is something that I feel like would scratch, would have scratched my own itch when I was starting out as a hunter, a backpack hunter, backcountry hunter, hunter in general, whatever you want to call it, um, along with now, uh, meaning I still appreciate information like this and access like this will be. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, mine, generally mine included, that approach the topic from, call it a macro point of view or um, a 30,000 foot view, right? Generally, uh, how to kill a mule deer generally how to pick a unit, how to pick a place, um, how, how to hunt elk, how to choose the right boots, uh, whatever it may be, right? And what I wished that I had more of as I came up through and began this journey of hunting and specifically backpack hunting, something that's so technical because you've got to You've got backpacking gear and you've got to become uh, a, a whole different level of, of scouter. You're not just scouting where deer are. You're scouting the right type of hunt and certain units. And they've got to have certain type of terrain that you're after. And, and just, just hunting in general. I would have liked to access someone's mind and walk play by play and watch them uh, see how they approach different aspects of a hunting season. I'll give you another perspective that kind of helped with this idea. Um, I was watching a random sports event. Uh, in fact, I think it was like the XFL, right? And I'm, I'm not an XFL guy. I generally watch football. I generally watch sports when they're not uh, pushing too much of their political agendas on us, but that's neither here nor there. And what 
this league started doing that I found very intriguing was they started what whether they wanted to or not, they started forcing either the coaches or the players to give interviews like almost during the game, right? So a play would happen, quarterback would throw an interception, and I played quarterback in high school. Trust me, I was not that good, so I threw plenty of interceptions. The last thing that you want to do is talk about what just happened, you know, more than you already have to with your coaching staff or your players or whatever. But they pull them off to the side and they throw a uh, – a headset on them and literally make them describe the play that just happened and what was going through their head and why they were thinking it and what their approach will be next time and all that. And although the player didn't necessarily love it in that example, I loved it as a, as a spectator because you, one thing that you want is you want access to people's minds that um, are doing what you're doing or doing what you're trying to be doing. And so, Without going any further into it, that's the idea of this. At this moment, I'm looking at a few different titles. I don't know what I ended up putting down. You'll know as soon as you click play on this what I ended up going with. Something like the Hunt Series or Backpack Hunting Series or Backcountry Hunting Series. I'll probably go with the Hunt Series just because I don't always backpack hunt. I don't. It's a big part of what I do, and I love it. But if the right tag is drawn and it's, you know, I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. If the unit or the hunt isn't built for that and it's an opportunity to chase, you know, big mule deer or whatever, I'll do that. Uh, New Mexico, uh, quite a few years ago, for example, I drew one of the tags up in the, on the north border there. Uh, I can't remember the exact number actually, but, um, it just wasn't really a backpack hunt. There was nowhere to, there was plenty of roads. Um, and so I, I drug a trailer down and I went what I'd call old school, how we used to hunt growing up, hunt from a trailer. You know, you're at camp every night, drive to a point, hike, glass, whatever you're doing for the day, and then you're back to camp at night. Those type of hunts are fun for me too. Um, trust me, I would rather be in the high country in August, September, October, whatever, but if they're going to give me a deer tag the second week in November in a unit like that to hunt mule deer, sure. Yep, that's how I'm going to do it. And I'm not dumb enough to, you know, put my backpack on and go half a mile from one road because I'd be half a mile from the next road. So anyway, probably go with the hunt series and then not to get too like, you know, but kind of inside the mind of a, of a hunter or a backcountry hunter or whatever you want to call it. You know, so that's, that's what I'm thinking at the moment. We'll see what I ended up putting down. And again, so the the point of this and, and my vision, first of all, once a week, okay? That's kind of my minimum that I'm starting. And, and I'm going to try very hard to not include the other type of episodes where I have a guest because I think you guys like that too. I really like those episodes from other good podcasts when they have a good guest and you talk general strategy or you know, general approach of how they hunt mule deer, or how to find big mule deer, how to run glass or whatever, telling good hunting stories, those type of things. And so this isn't meant to take place of those. Uh, so maybe I get two podcasts a week. Maybe I get one. Who knows? Maybe this turns into more frequently. But uh, once a week, micro versus macro. So I'm going to try and put a laser focus emphasis on what I'm thinking right now what is right directly in front of me 
right now on June 7th of what is on my mind and what I'm thinking and what I'm preparing for, even though some of the stuff might pertain to what's going to happen four or five months from now and, you know, October, November, December or whatever, what's on my mind right now. So this initial podcast is probably going to be, have a little bit more background and a little bit, you know, more of a buildup than the next episode and the next episode and the next episode, because eventually here I'm planning to just get in a role of, okay, what was new this week in my mind? And I'm not too worried about content because I've done this enough times. Things change very quickly from June 1st to November or December. It is a blur and things every single week, something new's going on. You've got another thing to think about. Um, there's, you know, you go on a scouting trip, you've got new information, you drew a tags are still draw tags are still coming out. And so things are going to change with that here in the next few weeks. That'll be exciting. Something new to talk about. I mean, it goes very quickly and there will be no shortage of information. In fact, I will try to keep these, you know, not just micro focus, but a little shorter in length, you know, no one and a half hour podcast, 20 to 50 minute updates. Um, again, explaining what's on my mind now today, going through my thought process, <clears throat> excuse me, of how I approach gear, how, how, what I'm thinking of right now, how, what I need to do to stay in shape, what tags I'm going to draw and all that kind of stuff, my family situation. And we're going to get into all those right now. So if you have any questions as we go through this, this would be an excellent podcast to reach out. If there's something specific about why I'm doing something, you think it's dumb, you think it's great, you have a question, you're not sure, maybe why wouldn't I do it this way, whatever, please hit me up because this would be a very fluid back and forth uh, opportunity to talk through a hunting season, almost as if we're having a conversation, you know, over the phone, just maybe week to week as we give updates or whatever. So we'll see. It. I thought of this three days ago been brainstorming it since then and here we are i'm recording this sat down took notes for 20 30 minutes of some topics here that i that were on my mind today right now and here we go so the first thing on my mind just that i'm approaching right now that i've got on my front front burner we'll call it is my family situation and my personal situation and what i mean by that is obviously how it pertains to my hunts, right? This is the time of year to be forward thinking with things like projects. Projects around the house here, I live on a, call it a, a wannabe ranch or a little wannabe farm, you know, five acres and just, it's, I've got a field to irrigate, I've got horse now, I've got corrals, pasture, dog, pigeons, chickens, you know, uh, a few things. And, and the property itself isn't, you know, been fully mature with, with uh, landscaping and stuff. So there is no shortage of projects. What's on my mind right now with projects is what is, what can I not afford to not have done in September, right? If you're playing this game and with the amount of time that I take off for hunts, I have got to have my major projects that I need to get done this summer rolling right now. Um, 
for me, again, moving some fence, rebuilding. I need, I need one more. Here's a big one. I need one more shelter going into the winter. Um, kind of a, a, you know, weather, rain and weather shelter for the now horse and llamas that are coming up you know because they'll they may not be here all year into the winter like the horse will but they still need a place to get out of the rain typically so that's a big one any honeydews right this is the time this is the time in many ways to build equity with the wife whether it's honeydew projects uh time with the family you know spending time with your kids or significant other or whatever and i don't mean that in a manipulative way i just mean this is the time you know it makes it a lot easier if you've been super dad during the off season uh or super husband or super wife or whatever to take that time off in the fall um businesses and side hustles i'm constantly doing something something along those lines none of it's typically very big um, but i i will tell you that i've been working on something for the last i don't know two or three months that is a little bit bigger of a side hustle, not don't, I'm not quitting my job or anything like that. Um, this would almost be something that Jen could help me with, um, especially because the bulk of it would be in the, in the summer, um, the business for this particular thing. And I will say that it's generally centered around backpacking, backcountry hunting, backpacking type world. Um, but I've got to get that rolling and off the ground well before the hunting season and that's just something that's on my mind and so you guys are hearing it here first um, but if you've got something that you've wanted to do side hustle uh, you know whatever quit quit your old job and start a new job or whatever um, life happens and you can't predict when you're going to do that in fact some of the times that's been the best for me to start a new job is during the hunting season because you know, you can quit in September and then hunt for a month or two and then start your a new job or find another job later in the fall. Now, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that if you're, you know, established and have your kids and wife and family and you've got a career or whatever, you know, position you have necessarily. But, man, if I was 20 something and not sure that I loved the job I was in, like, you know, save up some money, be smart, don't buy stupid stuff, quit before the hunting season and and treat yourself, as they say. Um, work equity, right? You know, at my particular job, we have opportunities to go out and work these shows and these little uh, banquets and dinners. And we have shoots, right? We have uh, sh shooting classes here in Cody. We also have uh, training classes that we do around the West usually. And it's a good time to just build up that equity, at least before thinking enough, you know, if you if you're in a job like that that requires you to be, you know, at certain places a certain number of times, maybe volunteer for certain ones that work around your hunting schedule in the fall, right? That's all I mean by that. And then days off, right? And my again, family situation, personal situation. So some of this is personal, some of this is work, whatever. Um, I had my days off scheduled a few months ago, almost as soon as I possibly could. Okay, and if you've been doing this very long, I do not need to know which exact tags I drew in order to take my days off. Okay. Think about that again. I do not need to know which tags I necessarily drew in order to schedule my days off. First of all, it's always easier to cancel days off than it is to ask for them, you know, one month before the hunt 
as opposed to, you know, scheduling it eight months and then deciding that, hey, I didn't end up drawing any tags and I don't need this week off. Trust me, that's always easier, right? The other thing is I strategically apply for tags around the dates and I strategically apply for the dates that I want off for the tags, right? So it's, it's around and round we go um, situation, but I've done this enough where I have a really good idea, you know, right now I have a really good idea next year of what days and what tag, you know, whether it's Colorado muzzleloader deer, it's going to start September 12th, right? Through the 20th or 19th or whatever it is. And so that week I had that week off in January done, you know, then I took maybe the first week of September and the first week of October, knowing that I'm playing with a few options of tags that I might draw guaranteed going to get a Wyoming general deer tag. And that I can play a few different ways. Any one of those three dates, let's say that I, which happened, I applied in Colorado, didn't get Jack. Okay. And now I don't have that tag at the moment in the middle of September that I have dates off for. Well, guess what? I knew that I had the Wyoming general tag. The archery season starts September 1st, but the rifle season opens September 15th, almost the exact same days that I would want for that Colorado muzzleloader deer hunt. And I knew I would get one of the two, possibly both, but one of the two. And so I'm going hunting that week. It's done. I knew it from the beginning, right? Unless some other crazy tag comes up that I wasn't, you know, whatever would be at that time, uh, you know, maybe an epic elk hunt would drag me away, but probably something, you know, like a sheep hunt or something crazy like that, a mountain goat hunt. Well, I still want the days off, right? So then, like I said, I can also cherry pick, you know, let's take a state like Idaho, for example. I can look at Idaho and I, I just put in a limited entry uh, deer and elk application. I purposely chose a couple of hunts for both of those species that started or would start around the 1st of October because I also took from like September 31st or whatever it was to October 6th or 7th. Okay. So very low odds that I actually draw those two Idaho tags that I put in for because they're, you know, some of the better hunts or units in the state. But back to the other situation, I also know that I have the Wyoming deer tag. And if you don't kill a buck on the first week of the opener of that rifle hunt that I like, the last, towards the end of the last week is usually the next best time to hunt and hoping for a snowstorm or a big weather uh, storm to move in somewhere, you know, about the time I head up there around the end of September, 1st of October. We almost always, in the two or three years I've been up here now, we almost always have a big storm sometime towards the end of September, 1st of October, and that is a heck of a time to be up on the mountain looking for a mule deer. So, planning my days off, that's kind of done, but I just wanted to walk you through my thought process there. Um... Here's, 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 here's kind of the big breaking news, right? Last thing I'm going to say about my personal and family situation. Um, because again, this is, this is, this podcast series is meant to be very specific, kind of intimate of you guys being in my head, knowing exactly what's going on and why I'm doing it. And so I thought about this. I don't think there's a way around mentioning this because there's just going to be some things come up um, that'll change things or situations I'm going to be in that will uh, be because of this. 
Jen and I were blessed enough to have a chance to foster a couple of uh, kids. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, I'm not going to necessarily get into their situation or names or anything like that because, you know, I don't know who listens to this and it's not a secret by any means. You know, anyone could, excuse me, anyone could see us at the local grocery store or whatever and would know our situation or something like that. So, but just out of, you know, there's no reason to, um, but it's been, it's been just a f- uh, two or three weeks now. And I will say it is, it's been eye-opening, um, young, they're, they're young, uh, young kids. And so that will, as any, we're not even parents, uh, technically, you know, we're just legal guardians or foster for now and trying to get them, um, ultimately, you know, back with their, their parents. Um, and, and that's as far as we think about it at this point, but we're just here to help and, you know, we're in a situation where we can. And so, um, you know, now all of a sudden I'm, even though I'm not their dad or a dad, you know, technically kind of, I am, I have to think that way. And so, you know, back to the equity thing, right? Uh, family time equity. If I take off every single weekend, you know, whether it's, Oh, I'm going to go bear hunt this weekend. I'm going to go fishing next weekend, you know, and I'm going to go scouting every single weekend in the, you know, then I'll, by the time, you know, the fall rolls around, trust me, uh, my wife's not going to be happy, right? That I'm, oh yeah, by the way, I'm taking a week off, you know, now and another week and then another week or whatever. So, and along those lines, you know, not, not specifically with kids or, or, or these kids that we're fostering, but, um, you know, <laughs> be smart enough to, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of like I said, with time off at work, right. With, with your significant other, it's always easier to bring something up and then cancel it than it is to throw something at them last minute. And I understand you don't always know what tags you're going to draw and stuff like that. But you know, if, if I prep my wife for like, Hey, like good chance, there's going to be three individual weeks that I'm gone, you know, which is about my typical max, whether it's a week or a 10 day hunt or a, you know, a four day hunt or whatever, it's kind of a week generally. Um, then she's not cut off guard and she's just expecting it. And guess what? If I'm like, Hey, you know, I tagged out early or I didn't draw this tag or whatever, and you end up staying home or, you know, however it works out, then you look like a hero, right? So fun stuff. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Anyone who's listened or knows me for a while, um, you know, we're just, again, we're super happy. We're super blessed uh, to be in the situation that we're in and be able to help. So, okay. Back to the, uh, back to the topic at hand. Uh, things on my mind, tags. So specifically right now, the last, as far as I know, the last few like main draws have come to an end. And by the time this comes out, probably for sure, there's really not any of the main draws that are left open. I think uh, Arizona deer and whatever it is, deer and antelope maybe is one of the last. Uh, no, not deer and antelope, be like deer and sheep probably. Uh, cause elk and antelope are, are lit earlier in the, in the winter, but, uh, most of those tag draws have come. So I'm, I've got apps in for Wyoming as a resident, we do still everything out, right? Elk and deer and antelope. And then, um, 
just got those apps in for Idaho that were due like June 5th, I think, for deer and elk. So now I'm playing the waiting game on those, and we'll probably know most of those within the next two to four weeks. And then all the tag draws will be out. Um, but my focus specifically right now is shifting to leftover or second draw opportunities. Okay. And the tricky part with this podcast is giving all the little nitty gritty details without giving every single nitty gritty detail, right? Um, if you came, you know, if you're waiting for me to rattle off the exact unit that I'm going to hunt, get, you know, get real. That's not going to happen here, right? Unless it's just some, you know, once in a lifetime draw or something like that. Um, but, you know, the tags that I'm going after every year, of course, we're not just going to, you know, ruin that hunting area or <laughs> probably not ruin it because you're like, hey, if this guy's hunting there, he can't kill anything. I'm not going there. Maybe I should reverse <laughs> reverse psychology. Uh, anyway, so secondary draws and leftover draws. Specifically, I will tell you the two that are the biggest on my mind are Colorado and Nevada. And that's probably all I'm going to say. If you're very serious about it, you'll get on and you'll research how those secondary leftover turn back tag systems work in those states. But that is not even something most of those, those two states, you know, there is a secondary draw, I think, for Nevada that might still be open. There's not really much on there to talk about the tags. Um, but more importantly, like the, the turn backs, right? I'll just be honest, like there's some turn back tag opportunities in, in some states throughout the West. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I mentioned already, uh, relative to work and days off that I applied for hunts with specific days in mind that would work, right? There were other really great mule deer hunts in Idaho, for example, with, you know, whatever weapon or whatever season date, but I knew that I had the first of October off. Uh, you know, one thing is the other tags that, that we have. Jen has the, that Utah muzzleloader hunt that she drew. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, second week in November. So there's a few tags that I could have put in, but technically probably would cause problems with that. And I want to, you know, I want to give some attention to that as well. And so, I chose a few hunts that would fill fit into my schedule and the days off that I already had. And so I was completely happy about that. Next thing is gear. This time of year, gear is very top of my mind. I'm not what I would consider a gear junkie, but I do love having good gear, upgrading gear, trying new gear. Um, you know, and I'd like to get more involved with you know, offering up reviews and walking through things. And this would be probably a really good podcast series to dive into the specific gear, you know, when it shows up, what I think about it, how I like it, kind of a, you know, a step-by-step -step throughout the summer here of new gear that's on my mind. So uh, quite a bit of new clothing. Um, some, some of it just, you know, I didn't like the other stuff that I had. Or I just needed to upgrade, for example, um, puffy jacket. It was time. I had uh, the Chamberlain uh, down jacket from First Light. It was great, but 
you know, and it's super warm, but it's also a little heavier than some of the other puffies on the market. Now, you may hit me up and be like, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's X, X times more warm or whatever. Um, at some point, I don't care because puffy jackets are all pretty warm. And so, you know, I ended up going with, uh, I picked up a Kuyu Super Down Pro, substantially lighter. Again, I'm not expecting it to be quite as, have quite the warmth factor, but, you know, I also probably don't need it to be, if I can shave, it was substantial. It was like quite a few 10 or 12 ounces, I want to say. And that is a big deal, especially with the clothing. So, um, I love their attack pants and this isn't a Kuyu sponsorship. I'm not freaking sponsored by any clothing going forward. Let's just get that out there in the open right now. Um, you know, very, very few companies anymore that we, uh, are just, you know, quote unquote sponsored by. And even those ones, it's just more of a, a mutual agreement because we love their stuff so much that they're like, Hey, yeah, sure. Here, try these boots from crispy or, you know, try this pack from Kafaru or, you know, half the time we buy the stuff, you know, at the stupid discount rate that we get just because, but you know, I'm not ashamed to say that, but 90% of the gear we use anymore, not sponsored, I would say. Um, got another set of attack pants, used them last year, loved them. I had the original Kuyu attack pants, loved those. I love these ones. The only thing I don't like is the pocket on the side. I'm constantly, you know, I use my app for my phone on the side pockets, and the original ones were a lot easier to get into. These, I don't know why they make it so freaking hard to get down into that pocket, but it drives me nuts. And I wish I'm thinking about cutting, you know, there's like a little flap that they put over the top and I'm sure it's, you know, Oh, to keep, you know, water repellency from getting off there or not snagging on branches as you're walking by or whatever. I don't care. I want to get into my pockets a little easier. So other than that, I love them. Um, and then I picked up their, their bino harness, uh, that Kuyu bino harness, you know, I've used a lot of them. I'm friends with some of the guys that make some other really good vinyl harnesses. I'm sorry, but for all around use, bow hunting, rifle hunting, or whatever, being extremely quiet and well-made, that's the one. Like, it's just the one. Um, the Sitka vinyl harness is very, very close second, along with the ADAC. Those two, I believe, are tied for second. Um but there's just a few little key things that I like a little bit better about the Kuyu. I hate to say it. I don't hate to say it. That's the honest truth. So I picked up the Pro. I had the original. I still have the original. Uh, my wife uses it. And then I picked up the new Pro for my new NL Pure 12s. So cool. Yeah. I know you're jealous, so that's fine. Um... NL, NL peers from, man, I have, you know, I have, a, uh, I have a, a real, you know, first world problem here. Um, I've got a pair of 15s. I've got the NL peer, uh, SLCs and I've got a pair of the 12 NL peers. I don't know if I should keep the 15s. It's really, almost doesn't make sense when you look at those 12s on a tripod and how well they perform they're 
basically they can it's like they can be a pair of 15s when they're on a tripod but they can also almost be a pair of 10s while they're while you're glassing off hand if that even makes sense and so it's very hard to get a piece of gear to do you know multiple things but those binos almost do it and so i'm <laughs> the 15s are brand new in the box and i might just i don't know i might sell them but um that's what i got the new bino harness to hold so that'll be a fun setup this year and those peers are super lightweight. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, next piece of gear that I got that's on my mind that I'm really excited to try out is uh, like a satellite messenger. And man, I just like was assuming that the Garmin, the InReach, the InReach Mini or whichever one of those two is the best. Hit up Snyder right off. He's like, the try the Zaleo for the money. And so I did. He's someone, very few people that I would just blindly uh, go with a gear recommend. And even then, man, I, I did some quick research, right? You know, checked some reviews, looked at how it worked, looked at the operating system. I didn't even know it existed. Um, but, man, I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's a little bit heavier, a couple ounces, than the inReach. But the what I like is the messaging platform is much more user-friendly. That's really all that I'm going to use it for uh, is just quick little, you know, and even then I, if you want my honest truth, like I don't, I tell my wife every time I leave on a hunt, she can confirm this. I tell her that she's not going to hear from me. I don't care if I'm, no, I'm going right to cell service or hunting underneath a cell tower or 20 miles in the back country with absolutely no service. I just tell her straight up. She's not going to hear from me. And again, it's always. It is always easier to send a text in the middle of a hunt and you become a hero when they're expecting, my wife's expecting nothing, right? Than it is to tell them you're going to text every night and then all of a sudden you get in there and you don't get any service and you're the guy or you're the girl or whatever that has to hike to the top of the peak and go get service, you know, because man, your marriage is going to end if you don't get that text out or make that phone call, right? Like, and if you got bigger problems than that with your relationship, then maybe you shouldn't be hunting. You should be working on your relationship. I don't know. It, it, that works for me and Jen and man, I love her and she's awesome. She's seriously awesome, but that's kind of the game that we play. And so, um, she'll still get her text because you know why? Because she doesn't, she's never said anything about it. And that's why any chance I get, I'd love to send her a text or even better as a phone call and surprise her with it. Because, man, she loves it and she deserves it. So, Weapons. Um, oh, that's a Leo. If anyone's curious, I picked it up. I actually picked it up on like a little cell that they were having. Um, it just looked like a random cell that I happened into. And they were normally 199 bucks. I got it for 149. I don't think you're gonna find that deal right now. You might, but I looked real quick after it ended, and it was pretty much off the internet. So they're gonna be between 150 and 100 and 200 bucks. And then the plan you lock into like I I just set it up today. It's either a three or a four month deal. I think the minimum was like 20 bucks, and that got you minimal amount of messages. And that's what I started with. A, I don't plan on using it a ton. Like I said, B, you can always upgrade it later. And so that was my thought process is I can always upgrade later after if I go on my first scouting trip or something and I'm like, man, I need more messages, then it's easy. 
plus you could either you could do 20 35 and 50 something maybe for like the unlimited deal uh plus six bucks that you could add to any of those plans that would give you this unlimited and i might do this but give you this unlimited like breadcrumb feature where it would drop a breadcrumb uh location basically to one or two people i think unlimited amount as often up to like every 30 seconds or like as little as like every few hours or something like that and it would just drop a breadcrumb location so they could kind of see where you were at and know you know where you were within that that time period or whatever Again, I don't really see the point. I tell my wife generally like what trailhead I'm going at and usually someone like my brother or someone from work knows or whatever, but could be worth the six bucks. We'll see. Uh, weapons. I am very, very uh, spending a lot of time getting weapons, whichever weapon I'm going to hunt with dialed. And I'll tell you, uh, so on the on the rifle muzzleloader side, um, I got I I work at a rifle company. I got a I kind of switched out or uh, got a new configuration built, and this this baby is designed to be my ultimate like backpack, perfect lightweight hunting rifle for me. What caliber you ask? Well, of course it's a seven som. Don't be silly. That's that's the caliber. That's the only caliber, in my opinion. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, that'll start a fight faster than anything. But it is a 7 Som. It's on our Gunworks Climber stock, which is kind of our ultimate lightweight backpack type stock. And I went with an 18-inch barrel. You can fight me all day long, but ballistics are ballistics are ballistics. I ran them. I live this every day. I have a pretty good idea basically with the bullets that I'm looking at, at the velocities that that barrel's going to push them. And I don't have the numbers right off the top of my head. Uh, 27 something with like a 168 burger probably also could end up running a 162 ELDM. Uh, one, there's one other one, uh, 166 a tip maybe might fall in there. We'll see. Probably just go with our 168 burger load. Anyway, at the velocities with the ballistic coefficient, terminal ballistics, I'm fully expecting that. Um, this is not the distances that I would necessarily take a shot. Um, there would have to be a lot of things fall into place. And again, I may not even pull the trigger at this distance. I might. But as long as I'm above 5,000 feet, it's a 1,000-yard gun, especially on a mule deer. Um, and again, if someone's interested, I can break down the ballistics on the next episode or whatever, but again, that would be pushing the outer, you know, extreme limits of that particular build. I don't plan on shooting at a mule deer at that distance and I probably won't. Uh, but I, I feel like with the ballistics, especially the higher elevation that I get, which I typically am when I'm using that rifle September type hunts, uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at most of my shots end up being between four and six, seven hundred yards or whatever it seems like also was spoiled to, uh, come into one of our new muzzleloaders, did some horse trading. Basically, um, none of this stuff was given to me. Don't, uh, don't misunderstand or make the mistake of thinking that this was just given to me. I 
paid a substantial amount for some of this, uh, not for some of this, for all of it. Uh, and anyway, um, yeah, part one of the perks, right, of, of uh, working. Just like when I was at Shields, I got discount, right? So got a new Muzzy. I'm super excited. Um, got the Muzzy bug again after last year. There's just some cool hunts out there. Muzzleloaders in general are awesome. I love ours. Uh, built it with the new XO open site that I used in Colorado, obviously, that you have to have uh, some sort of open site. So working up. Uh, we're just slowly starting to work on loads for that. Going to get a turret burned. And then um, the last piece of gear to kind of top all this, well, with these with these two rifles at least, or with my 7 Zom, is I had to cough up and buy, again, you know, I don't, I don't have any problem saying, like, I had to buy a rifle scope to put on this thing. Um, now, of course, I get a little industry deal, right, as a, as an employee of a rifle company, um, that's a no brainer, but it was a substantial amount of money for a very, very good scope. Call us 318i and I am super excited. I saved up. I made sure this was the scope that I wanted. I've ran, you know, had the option to, or the opportunity to run them, play with them for a few years now. So as soon as that baby gets here, it's getting mounted up and that sucker, that rifle is going to be the ultimate throw. Probably one of our 8-inch suppressors, at least a 6, maybe an 8 on the end, and that is going to be a ultimate backpack, backcountry hunting, mule deer killing machine. Here's the piece of gear that I'm kind of frustrated about, and I'll be honest. I've had a Hoyt RX-5 Ultra in 80 pounds on order since a, basically February 1st. And if anyone from Hoyt's listening, like, it's getting ridiculous. I haven't seen it. haven't seen the charge come through on my card officially. Um, it's getting so ridiculous that it's to the point where, I, you know, if I don't get it in the next, like, couple of weeks, right? Now, granted, my background here, I ran a bow shop for two years. Like, I wrenched on bows. I know how to get a bow tune for the most part. Um, you know, I've got the whole setup here. I can do it all myself. I do it all myself. I've got a press. I've got arrow saw. I've got a vice. I've got, you know, everything that you need to set a bow up. Um, even I don't feel that comfortable if I don't have like a minimum of two months. And again, you know, shot thousands of arrows in my life, but it's, it's getting to a point where if that thing doesn't, you know, anyway, we'll see. We'll see how much longer it takes here, but like it's getting to the point where they're almost forcing my hand at not being able to bow hunt this year because, you know, I'm not going to get this thing on August 14th and set it up and go bow hunt with it on September 1st. I'm not, I'm just not going to do that. I need that bow to show up very, very quickly or it's going to push is going to come to shove. I'm just being honest. That's where it's at. And you know, I don't know if I picked the wrong camel color. I didn't pick camel. I picked, the freaking green or whatever just i don't care what color you paint it paint it pink honestly i don't care um i just need the i just need the bow anyway that's been super frustrating i understand that there's a lot more going on this you know these days and with everything that's going on in the world and manufacturing and raw materials and blah 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 but 
you know, at some point it's like, if you're going to be an archery bow company and someone orders a bow in February, you've got to get it to them before, you know, freaking August. So anyway, that's my rant on my new bow. So no, I'm not going to shoot some other bow or order another bow or whatever. That's the thing is this thing, if it wasn't what I think is going to be the absolute, like if I was just an engineer and could build my own bow, this was it. This is why I even jumped ship from the bow that I had. 80 pounds, 34 axle axle. I have a 31 inch draw, seven inch brace, I think almost to the T or, or very, very close to that. Carbon, it's the, it's the best shooting carbon bow that I've ever shot. Most carbon bows are relatively violent. This one was v- extremely mild and felt very nice. If I didn't feel like this was going to be like maybe my favorite bow of all time, I don't want to say that because I don't freaking know. I haven't seen it. Um, then I, I, I would have canceled it a long time ago, but I am so excited about this thing that even if, even if, even if I have to wait until next fall to hunt with this thing, that will, whatever, um, I'll get it dialed. So, okay, rant's over. Last thing, last thing, and I'm wrapping this up, conditioning. I'm going to flat out, I'm going to come out and say I have gotten extremely out of shape. And it is not acceptable. Um, Every year it seems, you know, and I'm sick of it. Every year it seems like I go through this cycle and each year it gets a little bit more extreme, a little bit, you know, I slip a little bit more. It goes on a little bit longer. And you know the old adage, it's always easier to stay in shape than it is to get back in shape. Man, like, yeah, I know it's a cliche because it's very, very true. I'm sitting right now. Granted, I'm 6'4". And I hide it pretty dang well, but 233, 234, right? And people, a lot of people look at me when I say something like that and like, oh, what are you talking about? Because, you know, when you're 6'4", it stretches it quite well um, out over, you know, as opposed to being 5'9", or whatever. But uh, regardless, I am not in great shape, and I have got some serious pounds to lose. And so I'm just coming out. Maybe this is something to hold me accountable or whatever. Maybe you guys will cheer me on. Maybe you guys will start sending me fat jokes as memes and that will cheer me on. I'm the type of guy that responds pretty dang well to, you know, I don't want to call it negative criticism, but, you know, playful banter, criticism, you know, jabs, uh, whatever from, you know, hopefully my buddies, maybe just random strangers at this point, who knows, but either way, it's good for me. I need to get my butt back in shape. My goal as of right now, 233, 234, 210 by September 1st, by the end of August, 210. And that's like, that's like the bare minimum. Like I have got to get that weight off. I cannot afford to pack that around with some of these hunts that I'm going on. Here's the honest truth. I can, it just hurts. I've done it for a few years now. And that's the problem is you, here's inside tip. You actually can. You can hunt the backcountry being pretty fat and overweight, but it freaking sucks. It is not fun, and everything goes slower, and there's no doubt in my mind that it affects how and how you hunt and how you're effective. Can you still do it? Yep. Killed the biggest deer of my life last year in the backcountry, X miles deep or whatever it was, four or five or six or whatever, but it hurts. It hurts extremely more than it should because I've done this when I'm in shape and I've done it when I'm fat and lazy 
and it is not as fun when you're fat and lazy and you're not as effective so i'm sick of it um 210 i've got you know i'm doing a few of the right things i've been running each night i'll keep you guys updated on that or each morning or whatever it ends up being with my schedule now you know one to four miles depending on how uh how i'm feeling and then you know i've got like a big race in a couple weeks and this is probably stupid i don't care but i've jen and i did a there's a 14k which ends up being about eight miles and it's actually a trail run which makes it even worse because you got to go up a pretty good ridge uh in the first mile or two you gain quite a bit of elevation but um that's coming up in a few in a couple weekends and then man maybe i need to think about adding another race too but just trying to bring you guys into my mind and where i'm at and i fight this battle because i love food i love food i eat anything that you put in front of me if i'm not careful uh especially the bad stuff sweets dirty gross cheeseburgers fries pop oh my gosh pop i still haven't kicked energy drinks um shout out to shed crazy keeping me going on those but you know i need to like with me it's it's about 20 percent my exercise and running and it's definitely at least 80 percent my terrible terrible diet and i've got to be better what did you guys think of this man i hope that this has been or going to be as interesting to you as it was in my head when i conjured it up again this is scratching an itch that i wish i would have had access to now of course i'm not the guy that you're probably hoping to get access to you're probably you know there's there's hundreds probably of other guys that are more successful or have better tactics or better thought processors or whatever that you would rather have run through this exercise but you can't you can't uh get everything you want so sucks to suck and this is what you guys are stuck with so maybe you'll follow along next week maybe you won't but i'm going to try to do these updates quite often think we're going to go with something like the hunt series you know the 2021 hunt series or whatever we end up calling it so anyway love your feedback if you have any thoughts or comments on this new platform going forward please send them over you know my personal instagram is definitely the quickest and the easiest it's the account that i'm typically logged into most of the time at dustin whitwer no spaces no periods no nothing um but you can you can email uh teambackcountry at gmail.com is actually the next easiest email you can how else can you get a hold of me um you know the team backcountry uh instagram i i toggle back and forth between that me and my brother so anyway love to hear from you guys if not i will keep you going on the 2021 hunt series have a good one see you next time hey everybody thank you for listening to the finding backcountry podcast if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends but the best thing you can do leave a rating on itunes or your favorite podcast platform for notes and links to this and other episodes please visit findingbackcountry.com